0: Getting money, throwing it. Yes, superstar. Still smell of blowing my clothes like crispy cream. I was cooking the mug in the malls, like horseshoes. I was tossing the malls. Time to re up, got a recycle of flow. I'm a motion. I love the block. Hey, i so motion. I love my clock. Jazz rules everything around me. So what's Rilla? By the thriller, call me a ghost face killer. Yes, people. It is Wednesday, and I'm um, yo. It's been a busy week, man Out of nowhere Mad interviews are coming my way So hopefully by the end of the week You know what I mean? Could have sorted a new situation out Which, yo, gotta say will be a motherfucking relief But, uh You know what I mean? Back at the gym Gyms are open So that is all gravy And it definitely does change a lot So I'm feeling loose Feeling good Unfortunately not everyone in the spot is feeling good, right? There is some uh, Some interesting shit Happening right now Right One thing that really makes no sense Right They are talking with A former toady Of the Prime Minister Who has come out Spitting fire Out of nowhere They were best buddies You know what I mean this, This motherfucker Broke the COVID restrictions Early last year You know what I mean But now all of a sudden he's, he's coming out with all of these claims That the government were doing all of these things And I'm a bit like How the fuck are you trusting Anything my man is saying Right Because obviously he got a grudge Now if you had come out With all of this stuff Last year Early last year, in the thick of it, fine, but homie has waited all this time, and now it's like, oh, Prime Minister ain't fit for his, for his job. I mean, listen, everyone knows that, but for this motherfucker to be claiming it now, uh, it's, it's, it's like it kind of stinks, right. Kind of stinks Now something else that has been A little crazy right You see all of these weird things On crime programs But hey it actually Happened it actually worked Right some some Big time drug Dealer dude In um, I think he's in Liverpool Right he uh Supposedly my man is a, a big fan of cheese So on one of his drug you know, Websites that he's hanging out on He's always talking about cheese And he takes a picture of him Holding a, um, a, Some stilton And the police supposedly From that picture Got his fingerprints With their tech and arrested the motherfucker, I'm like, whoo, okay, we're on some TV shit now, you know what I mean, all this stuff we're watching, it actually does work, which is, I mean, that's something, right, that is definitely something, Whereas I, I mean, it impressed me, but anyway, people, Let's get into things right Let's get it pop- Popping off. So um yeah We got some stories We got some reviews and shit You know what I mean It's your usual Echoes from the void Let's go Listen I ain't gonna lie right When you read stories About people being scammed for the most part, I don't have any sympathy, right, I don't have any sympathy, because what's going on is is people trying to make easy money, trying to make easy money, and listen, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with easy money, right, but if you are entering a scheme right, or following a person that says they're going to make you easy money, then you, right, you have to do your due diligence, because why is someone going to give you easy money, right, it just doesn't happen, and, you know, on a large scale, kind of thing. Now, like, we we all might have a friend who's like, "Hey, you know what? I, I I've realized this thing. Yeah, if you do blah and blah, it could lead to, right? Now that's one thing. But yeah, to go and put it out and say, I'm gonna help all of these people." Become millionaires, trillionaires. I'm going to make all of these. People don't do that. People don't do it. There is always some sort of catch. Some sort of catch. And that's recently happened to a whole lot of people that got involved with this f- Forex trader bullshit. Right? It's trade of bullshit. Supposedly, there was some, and I mean, just the story itself is bullshit. The story itself is bullshit. There's some dude on Instagram, right, claiming to be an inst influencer, and when you see the number of followers his account supposedly had, you're just like, that isn't even that much, right? that isn't even that much, what are you doing, you idiots, but yeah, he was, um, you know, fronting this scheme, lived in Plymouth in the UK, right, had loads of pictures of him with money and, you know, luxuries and all of that kind of bullshit, but yeah, was, was telling people that you know, he could make money. He could make money. He was a trader. He was a trader, and he's gonna do this thing, right? But no one questioned the fact that he's a biomed student, right? A biomed student, right? I've read this whole thing. Like, someone said, um, right, you know, he explained his situation because on his profile it says, no rich parents, no excuses, straight hustle. And I'm like, that explains nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's just words, motherfucker. Anyone can write that, right? Anyone can write doctor (laughs) on their profile. Doesn't mean they're a motherfucking Doctor. Right? I mean, come the fuck on. And so you read into this whole thing, and um yeah, people are morons. (laughs) There's there's no ifs and buts about it. People be stupid. You know, they they you know, because they always do it, right? They find people, they find those examples, you know, and this one, they had a guy called Jonathan, supposedly 24, right, and he lost 17,000, 17,000 pounds, says that he started off um, just giving this guy a thousand, Said he saw his thing, and um, yeah, he was like, oh, I want to make money, so, over the course of, um, you know, a few weeks, that 1,000, Right? It grew. It grew. So instead of just sitting with that, he put in (laughs) another 16,000. You know, just like, wait, what? (laughs) Weeks. Weeks. Right? So the, the grand is making money. Right, and so if it's making money, fine, just watch that grow, give it a time, look for the patterns, but no, motherfucker was greedy, put in all of his savings, supposedly, right, and then uh, lost it, lost it all, lost it all, and the funny thing is, right, there's a it first starts off with saying that, um, you know, he was told he can't withdraw the money, right, Told you're you not allowed to withdraw the money But then you read further And it's just like Well they weren't actually told not to They were just like You shouldn't Right? It, oh, if, if you withdraw the money It's gonna You know You'll be kicked out of the WhatsApp group <laughs> It will mess up the algorithms If you take your money out But that's not being told You can't And Here's the thing if a financial person is going really like... Oh, I'm going to sign you up to a WhatsApp group. Right there. That should surely tell you... This shit ain't legit. Ain't legit. What the fuck, people? What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, loads of people are scanned. And again... He was telling them, right, that he's regulated, his company is regulated under the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. Which it wasn't, right, but here's the thing, you're letting someone manage your money, surely, surely, you are doing your due diligence... And checking all of that shit before you're giving your money, right? You'd think you'd be signing a contract, right? Doing all of that stuff before you are letting someone you do not know handle your money, right? You would look into what this company is, right? Before I got myself a motherfucking mortgage, I looked into all the mortgages out there. I went to speak to a financial advisor, talked about rates and everything like that. So these fucking dummies, (laughs) that's what they are. They're dummies. The fool, oh, someone on fucking Instagram... Is talking about, oh, they can make money, right? That they're really rich. Look in that photo, they've got a Maserati. They've got a, you know, a, a, a tag watch. Oh, they must be minted. Look, they're in a fancy hotel. It means nothing. The amount of people that rent cars, rent watches, clothes, you know, you could get a ho- book a hotel room and then go down and cancel it. <laughs> Make up an excuse and cancel it. All right? You can book a hotel room on a fake credit card. There are so many ways people can get these photos. <laughs> There were airlines that would let you take a photo on a plane in first class, yo, while the plane is on the fucking runway. Hey, so you have all these fucking dum dums with photos of them on a plane in first class. They're not going anywhere. (laughs) This is just a service these airlines have thought of, which is another revenue getter, right? So, people looked at all this, thought, oh, we can make money, but didn't do their own due diligence, right? So, when you read those stories, no sympathy, no sympathy whatsoever. Because you you thought you could take a shortcut, and yeah, you got you got caught. <laughs> you got caught, right? Hey. And then they wanna act like they're victims. And yes, they're victims. They got scammed, but they let themselves be scammed. You know, someone said, "Oh, you probably shouldn't take the money out. It's gonna, yeah." Mess up the algorithm. Why do you care about a fucking algorithm? It's your money, motherfucker. You dumb, dumb-dumbs. Right? Just when someone tells you they're regulated... Doesn't mean they are. Why don't you check that? Right? There are so many different ways these people could have checked all of that shit. And they didn't. So... Yeah, brought it on themselves, people. Brought it on themselves. So, it took a couple of years, but Facebook and Instagram have now put in a new feature, right? A new feature that will disable likes. Now, it doesn't mean you can't like things, but the new feature means that when you, um, are using the platforms, you can, well, there's two options, right, so, you can, um, hide the likes from your stream, right, so when you're, you're using it, you can, um, yeah, turn off, so when you're scrolling through, you're not seeing likes, right, and there's another one that allows users to turn off likes on their own posts. So, there are these two options. And it's, I mean, it's interesting, right? It's for, Because, you know, <laughs> when they're talking about it, um, the one of the main peoples at Instagram, Adam Mazzeri, you know, he says that, um, yeah, you know, um, oh gosh, when it's relating to mental health, right, it says that, uh, that likes had little impact on behavior or well-being, <laughs> uh, which is funny, it is funny, now, Remember everyone was talking about what, That documentary, was it the social dilemma I believe it was the social dilemma And You know, on everything You hear, on everyone that talks About it, it is a You know, it's a huge thing That all of this does Have a mental health Impact, now I will say That's not Really You know what I mean I think the the platforms fall in the essence that anything that involves a lot of people will lead to competitiveness, right, will lead to people comparing shit, people trying to be better than the next person, it's just the way society works, right, but these platforms, they can definitely do things to help mitigate the situations, right, so the hiding of likes is, is something that's interesting, now, so what the situation is, where, you know, on a post it will say, um, you know, you you might have uh, the name of users on one side, and be like, like your post, and then on the other side, there's usually a number, right, so it'd be like, you know, you know, from anything, from two to a hundred to thousands, millions, whatever, whatever the number is, so in this new situation, it will just say um, users and others, right, they're, they're not giving a total But, right, when, because, you know, if it's only one person, you only see one, you only see one little picture, but by showing, you can already establish that, okay, so a lot of people do, or a lot of people don't, so just, I mean, there's ways, there's other ways around this, right, which don't necessarily have to show that shit, I mean, you could use a traffic light system, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, colours to show, and the colours, you know, represent a range, maybe, but make it a broad range, so so it wouldn't, you know, necessarily cause the same anxiety some people feel, right? That's just one thing that could happen, but... I think, to, to try and claim that it doesn't, I mean, it's a little dishonest, right, and you have people, supposedly, Mazari says, they, they spoke to a load of influencers. and some people are against it, and I'm like, obviously, they're against it, right, because, you know, these sort of things show a, and help with sponsorships and things such as that, but... Here's the rub Have it in the back end You know I mean? you don't even have to have any of that shit Showing on the front Have it show on the back Because, you know, with changing this whole system They're saying, hey, the algorithms still work in the same way So whether you show it or not it doesn't matter, if the algorithms will still be promoting the better like stuff to the top, why show it in the first place, you know, what I mean? it's in your back end, it's in your analytics, so all that information, you know, you can um, pass it on to your, to, you know, I mean, to your sponsors, to your to managers, all of that kind of business, it's there you can do it, but it doesn't have to be on the front, right, I mean, it's, it's pretty motherfucking simple, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's pretty simple, they make this shit so fucking difficult at times, you know, it, it, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit crazy, you know, And, you know, and when they're talking about how, oh, yeah, you know, we wanted to push this out sooner, I'm like, yo, motherfucker, you started in 2019, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, yes, if no one could go out, but you could work on your computer last year, so, like, you could have done it sooner, you just chose not to, it's like, there's always an excuse for why these things don't happen, and, uh, you know, oh, we're doing this, and we're doing that, you know, other things, you know, that could be done for the whole, you know, if you're worried about people's anxiety, make, change the comment section, you know what I mean, change the comment section, don't make it as large, I mean, that's one of the, the, Biggest things there, right? When you think about how these things are displayed, I mean, the way it's displayed on Facebook is probably the best because the comments are a lot smaller than the post itself, right? So, you know, you have to really dig into it if you really want to see it's not jumping out at you. Where on, you know, Instagram and Twitter, it's the same size, so it's easy to see some of the nonsense that might be posted, you know, so, there are plenty of things that these motherfuckers can do, right, but they choose not to, and there's always, there is always, always a reason not to do it, but I do feel... It, it goes deeper than that, right, it is, it is so much more than just, oh, this new feature, right, it, it's something that needs to be kind of embedded within everything we do, right, so this shit should be taught at schools, like, resilience training should be, like, you have fucking HR, I mean, I know, well, I don't, actually, I don't know if you still do, but you, when you have shit like HR, now, listen, if you want to learn about religions, hey, no problem with that, but why isn't that just a, 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 one of those courses that you can choose to take, right? Because if you're learning about religions, there's more to it than they teach you in fucking HR, Right, you should be teaching why some religions hate each other, right, so then you can move past that shit, but unless you address it, you're never gonna move past it, but it doesn't do that, so why have it? You should have a resilience training, something that says, listen, you don't have to fucking judge yourself by someone else's bullshit that they might post online, or they might do or wear or say, individuality is key, this is the thing, so, while, you know, having these new features, and, and changing things, and these options, yeah, they're good, they're helpful, in a way, but it doesn't fight the underlining issue, right?, and that can only be done if it's addressed, you know, and I think address it at the court, address it at schools, because, you know, young people are there for the large part of their early lives, so, hey, you know, you, you can blame these social media platforms, but we have to look at other things as well, you know? God damn! right, so much nonsense posted on fucking Tuesday, you know, being I mean, be like, everyone being, oh, we're marking the anniversary of George Floyd's death, and blah, blah, and be like, people, what are we do? what are we doing, you know, when, when we look at all the people that were killed, now, I'm not saying died of COVID, but I'm saying the motherfuckers that got killed last year, there's a lot of them, so... Hey, this wasn't just about the one person, but it's a lot of stupid shit getting said. A lot of stupid shit. So, um, you know what I mean? Floyd's sister, right? She was, you know, meant to go to see Biden with the rest of the fam, um, but she didn't go. Didn't go and. Was like went to a rally instead And the thing is Let's be real No one cares About the Floyd family The Floyd family are pretty insignificant. I didn't say that word Right but fuck you Hey they're just The family of someone That got killed Right these aren't Important people but I mean we get into situations and then people think they're carrying more weight than they do. So she went to this rally and then it's like um you know ah I've got a message <laughs> I've got a message for President Biden. You know what I mean? She said, I was going to DC for Biden to sign a bill. Biden has not signed that bill. Biden has broken a promise. Get your people in order. And you're like, oh, okay, shit. Bridget told me to get my people. I'm going to do that. I'm like, no, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything, right? And if you're holding this stance, you gotta be on the same page with your goddamn family Because they all came out saying, oh, it was very productive <laughs> I mean, This was really good Hey, it, it, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a weird thing, right? It's a weird thing Now, I do, I think she has a point I think she has a point when it comes to this right? when people, you know in the workplace, if you say you're going to do something, you have a deadline, if you miss that deadline, you have to answer, right, you have to report, you have to say what the issues are, but that isn't the case with politics, you know, these things can drag and drag, and it's just like, wait, why are these things dragging, you know, because they don't need to, it's, you know, just the way it is, right, these politicians have created a system where things can drag, right, so if you want, you know, these things to change, if you want a policy to be signed within a period of time, it is up to the politicians, and listen, are they going to do it? Hell no, right, but it is up to them to change their whole System, because as a general public, we don't influence that. We can't do that. But they, if they wanted to, they could. You know what I mean. Look to restructure. Look to restructure, because right. You know you can set a period, for negotiation, and then, right. You have a period to settle the differences and sign or decline, right, because that's it, you either bring it in, or get rid of it, right, and then if you want to bring a new adjusted policy, fine, do that, start the process, right, but if you have these clear paths of this is how this shit is done, man, you can definitely believe more shit's gonna get done, I people are saying that and you know I kind of feel this is the thing to do that Biden took a back seat on some of this lawmaker policy with people that understand the matters and you know what I don't really see a problem with that because just because he's the president doesn't mean he knows it all I mean it's clear he doesn't know it all right, so, why wouldn't you leave certain things to people that know, right, so I think, boom, that's fine, but, as I said, these things can't be allowed just to drag, with no sort of time frame, because that's insane, (laughs) you know, it makes no sense, it's stupid, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's a case where Policy, this is a, a golden opportunity to call for a policy change, right? In, instead of moaning about, oh, this policy wasn't signed, this law wasn't made. because you know, when we look at the way these laws are made, they drag on forever. So, you know, to be like, oh, he, someone broke a promise. And you're like, I, I think it is, it's a bigger thing than that. Right? It's a bigger thing than that. Anyone can have aspirations of doing something in a certain time, but when you're working within a system where time means nothing, it's hard to hold someone to a set time. But you can say, surely there should be new parameters, right? Surely there should be new parameters Change the system It is interesting though that she didn't Like I'd think At least have a conversation to find out Where things are In relation to Right that would have been an insightful thing But yeah People think I'm gonna make a statement I mean like no one cares about your statement fool No one cares But uh, yeah Is it time to change Hell yeah, it's time to change. Will there be change? I don't think so. I think it's kind of interesting what's happening in Florida right now, right? So um a bill is putting being put through to um ban big tech, right? And so you know, really speaking about firms such as you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube from deplatforming politicians and political candidates. I think that's interesting, right? So um yeah, Ron De Santos has signed a, a a bill 7072 into law which imposes fines of $250,000 Per day to any social media company that deplatforms candidates for statewide office, and 25,000 per day for deplatforming candidates running for local office. Right? I kind of feel that's not a bad thing. Now, you have people saying it's unconstitutional right, which is interesting, right, it, it's an interesting thing to say because I, I kind of feel, wouldn't you think it's unconstitutional to not let people speak, right, now, here's the thing, when you have a platform that is universally used by everyone, used by everyone and it's used to put out information you know what I mean? like there are certain people that solely put out you know releases and news on these platforms so to then say that you know someone has no access to that seems it seems a a, a weird unfair thing to do, you know, definitely does seem that, isn't, we all know that these, these organizations will shadow ban someone, or, or make it that their posts and information is hard to find, right, or unsearchable, so the only way to, you know, get there is to know someone's complete username or something like that, right? So, you've already got that. You're already making it that their stuff doesn't trend. So, what's the issue? If you've made it so that someone, you know, won't appear in certain feeds, then why would you block them, right? Because that's just one voice amongst the other. And, Here's the thing, right? In in society, it's about gathering information. Right? You know, you you if you're only hearing one side of an argument, then you don't have all the information. And it's definitely up to people as individuals to say, okay, I believe in that, or that's not true. Because let's be honest, even though you know, one one side of the argument might be, right, the truest side, it still often has glaring omissions, right? So, you know, we often have to do a lot of research into things if we want the full picture. So, if everyone knows this, and obviously, look, there's some people that don't, right? But those people, you know what I mean? The people that will believe everything that they see online, I mean, what can you do about that, right? Those people are going to believe whatever, whatever. You know, so... You, you can't just do things on the fact that we have those people, right? You have to think of the greater picture, everybody involved. And I think it is fair to say that the majority of people understand you can't take these things as complete truths. Can't do it. Right, so just because, you know, someone might say something like, oh, a vaccine is a hoax, right, majority of people are just going to look at it and go, okay, I, <laughs> come on, man, you're talking crazy, so leave it, leave it alone, because it's not really hurting anyone. It's not hurting anyone And when you see the the number of people talking crazy There's still a way larger percent of people talking on a rational level And the problem with these deplatforming the as well We have definitely seen that there are a lot of people that did not say anything You know what I mean? anything crazy, get deplatformed, you, know, you had to, people maybe questioning someone's faults, right, or giving a counter proposal to something, and they get deplatformed, and it's like, whoa, 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 what are, what are we doing here, you can't do that, right that that means there is no conversation means there's no conversation, so <laughs> we have to avoid that, right? You have to avoid that kind of shit, so you just keep everything there, yeah, you know? and what it also does, it means people can't be lazy, right? It means people can't just throw up some half hour statement. And expect everyone to believe it, it means that you have to fully fledge out, right, fully embody your truths You don't know, give proper references, you don't know, make these rational thought processes clear to the general public You know, and I think that's only going to enhance the information people see and the information people read, right? Which I think everyone can agree would be a good thing. Now, right, supposedly there is a caveat for theme parks, right? I think theme parks are still allowed to ban people, which... Yeah, that's not really an issue because not everyone goes to theme parks, right? It's not like the theme park has someone doing press releases there or anything like that. No, look, there are plenty of people that don't go, right? But these social media platforms have become a, you know, a new source. Well. Mm. when I say a new source, I mean a source of information, right, so you might have, let's say, Apple, right, they might say, on, you know, on Friday, we are announcing our new product range exclusively on Twitter, so, if, you know, if you, boom, you, you're, but you you know what I mean you're real into Apple products and you know you're like oh I hear they' launching a new iMac, I need that information if you're not allowed on Twitter you can't get that information right uh, which seems weird seems like why shouldn't you have that information so you know what I mean that's the issue like that the, these Social media platforms—they're not just kooky little notice boards, right? It's not like back in the day when there'd just be tons of different message boards out there, inconsequential. No, they—they they have become more than that. They have become a part of the fabric of society, right? They—they they have become these these things which everybody. Has access to right now, yes, there are loads of different newspapers out there, but you, you these you have to purchase you know what I mean they're not free newspapers there's not like um you know you can go on a website and just read the news, because yeah there's so many of these big papers they've got paywalls right, so you you don't have access to that information unless you subscribe, unless you pay, which, again, makes them different from the supposedly free social media platforms, you know, that's the argument, right, if you had to pay to be on those platforms, right, if there was a monthly fee it it would make them slightly different, you know because you know there's there's plenty of people that don't have Netflix, only have Amazon, or have Netflix and Disney Plus, but not Amazon or Apple. Might just have HBO Max. You know I mean, that that's the thing, and that's the same with newspapers, right? So there the big difference is when it comes to these different sources of information Twitter, Facebook, TikTok you know, what else is there? Snapchat YouTube, these are all free these are all free, and they are all things that have been adopted by every single organisation, right, for the most part Go on most organizations' websites, and they will have every one of these social media handles. So, to ban someone from those platforms, and this is on a just a general thing, you are you know making it that people lose out on information. Right, and when it comes to political figures, it also means, right, that you are biasing a a a race. You know, by banning one person, you are you are, in effect, helping to. And yes, this is kind of polarizing, but I would say you could be looked at helping. To fix. A race. Right. If you are limiting. A platform for someone. To. um, Talk about their policies. You are. Fixing a race. You know, so that's the thing. And as I said look. We've seen these platforms. Do it. In a way which is. Baffling. You know, Baffling I, I really, They banned the New York Post Last year From, from you know, Having a, a story up Which was just like we, There's nothing wrong with the story You know So why was the story banned You know Because someone was overzealous You know so all it takes is Someone in the moder- Moderating team to be like I don't like that person I don't like what they stand for, I'm banning them, and that can happen, we've seen it happen, right, so that's the issue, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, this, this is a good policy, and it's something that probably should be a universal thing, you know, now, obviously, look, you can say maybe, right, you can put in maybe things, and, and but have them fair things, which apply to everyone, you know, if you do a certain thing, you can't post, right, you can be there, so you can still see these, um, you know what I mean, like, releases and, you know, um, announcements and things such as that, but you can't post or comment you know, for maybe a number of days, right, but to ban someone, yeah, it seems weird, but yeah, everything needs to be done on a consistent level, and the issue is, it never is, so unless you can, you shouldn't be able to ban, you shouldn't be able to de-platform, but um, I don't know, I don't make the laws, but I feel it's an interesting discussion for sure. Hey, so on a um you know a positive note, right? Roxane Gay. You know, the author Roxane Gay, written a lot of good books, right? So um what Untamed State. That I think that was the first one I read of hers. It also has the bad feminist um, which I believe was why I went to see her at the South Bank Centre A couple of years Oh gosh I think it was maybe 2019 I saw her Yeah, I think it was probably 2019 uh, Yeah, I saw her um, At the end of the year, I think it was October-ish time And yeah, she did a talk about um, her work Um, Also, she wrote a book called The Hunger. I mean, she's written a lot of stuff, right? Now, she has created her own publishing imprint, right? So, her books have been published more recently through Grove Atlantic. And, um, yes, she's working with them on her own imprint. Now, I mean, it is called Roxanne Gay Books. I mean... Hey, could have thought of a better name, man. Eh? I mean, the name is kind of whack. Let's be honest. Come on, people, don't front. Like, hey, it's not saying she's not a great author, but that name is terrible. It's terrible, but um, yeah. No, <laughs> she is. Uh, yeah, now putting out her own imprint. And the idea is to, um, I think publish, I think they're saying to publish free books a year. You know, free books a year and have a, um, a, 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 a fellowship program to help, um, authors that don't have, um, like, the same kind of, uh, access to the industry, which, yeah, you know, that's not a bad thing, right, I don't think that's a bad thing, it's not a bad idea, you know, if you can bring, uh, more people's voices out there, hey, why not, right, why not, now, I don't know, I don't, mm, I'd probably say, I wouldn't have put a limit or a, a cap on the amount of books, right, because by saying, I don't know, we're going to publish three books a year, some years there might be, you know, there might not be three great books to put out, some years there might be a lot more, so I, I don't know, I would have just said, look, we're going to publish books, right, we're going pu- to find going we're Books which have a, a good story, a good voice. I will put them out. But fuck it. They said free books, so it's free books. But um it would be interesting, right, to see what maybe the first of these are. Which I'm kinda surprised they didn't have, right? I mean, usually with this kind of thing, you yeah, you already know. You've been reading, you know, transcripts and whatnot, and so you know hey, the first title. Releasing is going to be this on this day I mean, that would have been a good time to do it And then you can put out another release On a later date to fully, you know Bells and whistles, here, yeah? But, mm, I mean, we don't know We don't know any titles yet But, yes, Roxanne Gay Books Is going to be a thing, people So, keep an eye out And if you're an aspiring author Might be an avenue you might want to take Okay people So on this week's Chin Check We are previewing Invicta 44 LFA 108 UFC um, On ESPN Plus 46 I believe And Submission Underground 23 You don't want to miss it Go check it out I have to say people I was so excited to find out we were getting a third season of Masters of None because I really enjoyed that show. You know what I mean? Like it was weird because I'd only come across Aziz in other shows. I think what oh man like uh, shit he so he's in Parks and Rec and irritate like I have to say the character grew on me but super irritating super irritating and I, and I wasn't quite sure what I thought right but I don't know why right I cannot remember why I watched it but I remember watching Masters season one and just really, really digging it, so then, season two, and ah, just so good, right, but it ended on that moment, ended on that moment, and you're like, oh, shit, where are they gonna go with this, and then the bullshit me too, (laughs) that happened, which, listen, it was a bad day, right? I, I, I think out of all the rubbish that went down, like that was the oddest one. Because, you know, the girl was like, Oh yeah, I wanted to go back to his. Oh yeah, I wanted to have sex with him. And she was just like, Oh, and he did this and this. And you just basically say Oh, you didn't like his technique, right? Is that what this story... This is just like... You wanted to have sex with him. You wanted to go back with him. Like, he was just awkward. Right? That was it. Right? It was it was so weird. But then Aziz just disappeared. Right? Disappeared. I mean, he had the Netflix special. But that was it. And so you kind of felt that Masters of None it'd gone away, it'd gone away, which would have been such a shame, and then out of the blue, boom, it's coming back, it is coming back, so super excited, super excited, you know, and, and, you know I mean, the, the big thing, right, just think, this started in 2015, you You're so the fact that you know, we had 2015, and then I think, what, 2017 for season 2, you know, um, so, yeah, four years, four goddamn years, people, oof, such a long time, such a long time, so the show itself was created by Aziz and Alan Yang, right, they, they created it, um, and one of the big characters involved was uh Leanne Waif, right? I think that's how you would uh would pronounce it. You know, who um very talented, very talented. She wrote Queen Queen Slim. I believe she did, yeah, no, I'm right about that, which Oh, love that That is just such a great film right Such a great film And she played you know A character called Denise Which was um, Like one of Deb's best friends So what we find out Season 3 yeah season 3 is coming But it's not Centred around Deb You're like Oh okay so w- what is it going to be right we knew it's called moments of Lo- moments in love right which is I, you know I definitely think actually right when you think about it that is a very telling title very telling title so yeah called moments of love and you then find out, oh, so it features Denise and her wife, and you're like, oh, okay, Denise is married, alright, interesting, you're know I mean? I, like, huh, didn't realise, didn't realise at all, now, the other crazy thing it well, there's a few things, right, so, the aspect ratio is completely different, you know, the, the tone, um, like, the filters seem different, right, and where the other series is, have been 10 episodes apiece, this, this was um, just Five, right? Just five episodes. And it's like, oh man, okay. I mean, I hope it's good. Like, just didn't seem enough, right? Didn't seem enough. Now, the one interesting thing about it, all different lengths. Yeah, I think two are around 50 minutes. Like, I think two are about. 20 somethings, and one's 30 something, so yeah, play around with the time, which, you know, I like that, right, because sometimes a story needs a bit more room, sometimes it's very succinct, you know, so I, I like the way they played around with time, and weren't, you know, conformed to this, right, every episode needs to be this amount of time, Because I think that hurts shows sometimes Like, there's definitely shows that work with that formula But I think there's sometimes you watch something and you're like That episode just seemed a bit... Hmm I mean, it was always my thing with Star Trek Right? Like, because, you know It had to have Like, 20-something episodes a season And you just got to a point where it's just like Oh, this feels like such a filler episode Right, I think that was always the joy of Babylon 5 It was shorter And so the episodes were a lot tighter But anyway, that's a tangent, right So yeah, we got these five episodes And watching episode 1 Oh man, I really enjoyed it I really, well <laughs> I mean, I say I really enjoyed episode 1 I mean, you know it, 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 it starts off yeah I mean it, it starts off well but it then does kind of change it does change a lot in uh, how it goes right but you you do start off in this happiness. And, I think one of the huge things was, is like, oh my gosh, this, we've seen the, you know, picture me of black love, and, and that's fantastic, right, because I do find that a lot of times, you know, the black relationships that we see, they're not always the best, they're not always the best, you know, and... More times we've seen more interracial relationships, which don't get me wrong, that's definitely not a bad thing, but it's like, ah, uh, where is the true black love? you know what i mean that that is the the one thing, so yeah, you're watching this first episode, and it it's like it just works. Right, it it, it seems to work, and you're just capsulated by it, right I think that's the big thing, but It it follows this relationship In episode one, we follow the relationship to this point And it's a point a lot of people get to, right They want to take things to that next level and it just doesn't, it, it, like, it goes a little wrong, goes a little wrong, right? And you you are left, oh, in this, in this rawness, but you're thinking, okay, right, I think a lot of people get to that point, it can go on, it can go on, and it doesn't, <laughs> like, what, what we have was, like, now we're seeing different elements, right, so in the next episode, from what the joy that we had in these moments, we get a complete 180, get a complete 180 of it all, and it's just, oh my gosh, it, it's, it's hard, but I have to say, it is captured very well. Right, like, it really is captured every well. And man, you know, from there the story just evolves and evolves and evolves. Now, I think an interesting thing that really stands out in Masters of None, Moments in Love is the fact that we really Really stay in moments You know We really stay in these moments I was talking to someone um, The other day Right It's funny because you're not going to see it (laughs) You're not going to see it for a little while Right, it's something that I recorded for Echo Chamber I did an interview um, And you know uh, We were talking about pacing And I talked about Yeah, this This very thing um, and I think the, 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 the thing was, because there's so many times you watch something, and it's just cut so well, right, It all the scenes, they're very sharp, right, there's no fat on them, right, it, it moves at this pace, and you really feel that connection, then there's other times, and you watch something, and you're just like, Oh, man, it felt a little flabby. Felt a little flabby. It's just like, oh, they could have maybe cut that. That seemed a little long. I just kind of lost a little interest in the middle there. You know. And that opening sequence, it was fun up until a point. And then it just got a little tiresome. Right? And so you're watching this. And you're like ah, okay, why are we, why are we still on this, right, why are we still on this moment, but, people, that's the joy of it all, right, because you soon understand that what we're doing, we're we're getting this insight into this relationship, right, and we're sitting in these moments because these are the moments right these are the cornerstones of what makes this work right that is that is the the big thing on episode 1 like right? we from dancing in the laundry room right dancing in the laundry room To, you know, talking shit in bed, right, we we have all of these things, because, you know, like, the, the whole bed scene, it could have ended earlier, right, but it continues, but it works, because that's real, right, They like, how many times... Do you have a conversation and you say something funny and then you're like, ah, they laughed. All right, I'm going to do it again. And then the second joke doesn't quite hit as well. Or sometimes, you know, the second joke does, but then the third doesn't or the fourth. You know what I mean? It's just that thing, right? And, And so we get these things, but then you pull it back. You pull it back. And that's what we see. And we're just... You know, we're just within the within these things, within this time, and you're watching it and it's just it is very joyful. Right? It is very joyful. Even the end of the episode, you you still have this connection with these characters, even in everything that is now taking place. And so then in episode two, right? Episode two, which is perfectly flamed, perfectly flamed? Perfectly framed by a coat rack, right? The coat rack really does epitomize the connections, right? The connections. So we add that, but also... All these moments that were full of pleasure in episode one. We then kind of revisit them. But it's not like they're they're played again scene for scene. But we see the characters inhabit the same spaces. And we have a completely different feel to it all. Right? Which is just... Kind of hypnotic, because we're now seeing this new side, and there's this, oh, this kind of loss, this heartache, this dejection, and you feel it right, you feel it, especially with those extra seconds, you know, we're sitting in these moments, we're stewing on it, right, everything is fermenting, and you're there soaking it all up, soaking it all up, right, and and it's tough, it is tough, people, So, as the story is unfolding, you know, we're now just, in the fuck of all of it, right, and man, episode 3 is very tough, episode 4 though, hey, episode 4, it's this thing that is a, a, a renewal of sorts, right, but again you know it it's the is one of the two longer episodes right and we're in this as I say kind of transformative state, and we're following this one is a an a, a alicia episode right which is interesting you know what I mean, I I think that's the thing, right, so firstly, we're not focusing on Dev, focusing on Denise and Alicia, that's what we think, and then you have episodes that kind of follow one of them, which is interesting, because, you know, we know Denise, don't know Alicia, so to have an episode that's focusing solely on Alicia, without the need for a backstory, you know, oh, Alicia grew up here, and, you know, at this age, she, no, no, none of that, we just, we're just following the story, man, and so we're following it, but, you know, obviously, it all makes sense, right, we're on this journey with her, and you're seeing her, like, go for the thing that she wants, which is great, it's great, I mean, obviously, there's questions, But we're watching it take place and, you know, it as these things, right, we start off all psyched and happy, but it becomes this chore and the way it's just depicted, everything, it just, oh, it reflects it all. It reflects the tiredness, the sadness, like the want. The one is so evident, people. And it's just all there. It's all there, these lingering, lingering shots of people just sitting, waiting, hoping, hoping for the right result, right? And you're just, you're watching it and you're just like, oh, come on, come on, what are you doing to me here, like, what are you doing to me, but it works so well, oh my god, it works so well, and then the last episode, hey, right, the last episode be some crazy ass shit, and don't, listen, don't give me wrong. when I say crazy ass shit, I don't mean, suddenly we're in this high paced, octane filled situation, no, 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 but we, um. yeah, we we had this story go in a direction that I don't know if anyone thought it was going to go in, like, I, I think there's, there's things that you hope for, right, there's things that you hope for, and as things are moving, you think, I guess we're not getting that, right, I guess we're not going there, and then we you know, we come across this thing, and you're just like, huh, okay, but, you know, there is definitely a time jump, that isn't really referenced, but it's kind of referenced in some of the things that get said, right, knowing where people are, and all of this, but yeah, we're now in this thing, and it's kind of crazy, it is kind of crazy, because I don't know, like, where you're, you're looking at what is now happening, what's transpiring in front of your goddamn eyes, and it's, I mean, it's not right, <laughs> it's definitely not right, but, You do feel... um, You do feel a little certain. Right? So it's this bizarre thing. Because, you know... You get into people's lives. Right? We get get into lives. And I think... The beauty of it all... Is there aren't these explanations. There aren't these... Follow-ups to kind of be like well, I mean, obviously, you know, that happened, and these people were wrong, and this, and then, obviously, it would go here, and, right, so this leads to this, and we don't get that, there's no, ah, uh, connective, no connective tissue, because, as in the title, these are moments in love, right, so that's what we're watching, we're watching these different moments, These different kind of situations transpire and give us this love story, right? This love story that features a myriad of characters, but in its essence, the rawness of it all is powerful as fuck. Powerful as fuck. But, you know, a little frustrating Definitely wrong But you do kind of hope Right, you do kind of hope Right, this is is crazy It's crazy It doesn't follow the formula of the first two seasons at all Doesn't follow them This is some non-linear story This is a story that doesn't try and be a TV series it doesn't try and be a rom-com, right this is something else right, I, I kind of feel and it's it's not, trust me, but it it, it has some kind of femic siblingship to um Malcolm and Marie Right? That hit earlier this year And I think if you've watched it And you've watched this You'll kind of get where I'm going with that If I don't want to say too much You know, but Yeah, it, it it's this Unapologetic Kind of Journal through love Right, it is this churnal through love And we don't have all the pages But at its core We do have the love Right, and yeah, you know It's a different thing, it's different It's five episodes, but trust me I don't know if I could handle another five Right, (laughs) your emotions are definitely Rung through here Definitely run through So Yeah Masters of None Hey Another great season Another great season But different as fuck Different as fuck And I am left Wondering What next Right Do we go back To Dev No I mean Dev does show up A couple of times here But Although that's It's interesting Right It does Kind of do something to Where we last saw him For sure So then you wonder Okay so where would we catch up With Dev next Or do we follow this story I I, I don't know I don't know what they would do I am I I hope we get more I'm intrigued To see where it could go But you know I like the fact that this Oh this was a big chance right This was a big Alright let's try something different And I feel it worked I feel it worked I I like the way they they shook it up You know I very much enjoyed that and, um, people, I, I don't know, right, this is, this is the thing, it's like, if you, if you watch season one and two, like, it's hard to be like, oh, well, if you watch season one and two, you're gonna love this, because this is completely different, right, this is not the same, this is not the same as season one or two at all, no, 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 so, um, I don't know, people, if, if you enjoy, I guess if you enjoy stuff like, um, John Laker's Before Trilogy, if you like stuff like In Search of a Midnight Kiss, yes, yes, I feel these are good kind of themic analogies for this series, I think if you like those, I think that would put you in line for getting this, this new, this new themic direction in which muscles and None has gone in, right, so yeah, if you dig that stuff, then wholeheartedly jump into this, and if you watch the first two, I definitely, people, definitely watch it, you know what I mean, just, yeah, be, understand that you're not gonna get A a carbon copy of It's not a continuation of This is something new, something different But something very much alive Breathing and imbued with love So, check it out It's five episodes, Masters of None Moments in Love So, this week, I checked out a um, Kasu Ikishigara uh, set of short stories. Um, I think it's his first, right? The first time he'd written a cycle of shorts, and it was called Nocturnes, right? So, uh, the description is, Nocturnes, a sublime story cycle. Kazusi Ishihara explores ideas of love, music and the passing of time, from the piazzas of Italy to the Malvern Hills, a London flat to the hush-hush floor of an exclusive Hollywood hotel. The characters we encounter range from young dreamers to cafe musicians to faded stars, all of them at some moment of reckoning, gentle, intimate and witty. This quintet is marked by a haunting theme The struggle to keep alive A sense of life's romance Even as one gets older Relationships founder and youthful hopes recede And uh, nice thing is each book Each story is narrated by someone different We have Adam Cotts, Neil Parsons Julian Ryan Tut, Ian Porter, and Trevor White, so, this opens up, with, um, oh, what was the first one, question, um, do, um, crooner. Cro- crooner. yes, Crooner is the first one, and, yeah, this is, this is an interesting one, right? So we start off in the um, plazas of Italy, right? We're, we're, we're with a uh, a band that plays for the tourists. And uh, we, we've got a character, Janek, um, right? And he's talking to us. And he's saying that, you know, sometimes they see famous people or, you know, stars and, and the like actually, that's the same thing, isn't it, <laughs> uh, but he then spots one day Tony Bennett, a famous uh, jazz musicianist, right, and yeah, he's with his wife, Lindy Garrett, and, and we get to kind of follow this situation, right, and it's an interesting one, because you know, you get the hesitance from Jarrett, and then this situation between uh, Bennett and Garrett, and at first, it, you know, you think, oh, there's these abrupt moments, right, but then it, it does seem that there's some caring moments, right, but it all seems a little bit shaking, and, and we follow this story And the thing with this It's a bit like all the others Right, that you Have the These moments of Kind of reflection That although Sometimes you can look at it and go Ah man Like ah Why though, like I wouldn't do that You can still see The logic of that Character doing the thing you know, Um, other stories are Come Rain or Shine, right, which is, um, Come Rain or Shine, which one was this, oh, so this was, oh man, this was a, this was a crazy one, especially going from, uh, crooners, right, so, this was a, uh, a guy called Ray, he's invited by his friend Charlie to stay with, um, well, him and Emily, right, Charlie's wife, and he gets there and finds out that, oh, that's not going to be the situation at all, right, and we get this odd tale of, you know, Charlie trying to use Ray to save his relationship right? And it's, it's one of those ones where you're getting half-truths and all of this But I think one of the interesting things about the story is That, you know, because we're seeing it through Ray's eyes And I think there's this perception that we get, right, from, from Ray That Charlie and Emily think of him in this one way but, yeah, Ray, you know, although, you know, life could be better. He's still not what they perceive him to be. But as the story goes on, right? And, you know, truths about Charlie and Emily come out. But we also realize maybe Ray is uh, deluding himself a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe he is isn't doing as great as he would actually like you to believe, so that, that makes it very interesting, you know, um, we've got Mulvan Hills, which is a, a story about a guy, he's gone to live with his sister for the summer, um, so he lives in London normally, and his sister is on, um, yeah, she lives out in the countryside, Right, her and her husband own a cafe, so he's helping out, and while he's doing that, he's, um you know, trying to write songs, he's a musician, right, and um, one day this couple come in, and the woman is so rude, so rude, but he, he bumps into her again in a different environment, and it completely shifts things, which, I think, it is one of those things, right? We sometimes we meet people, and um, you just don't like them. You don't chill. You just think, ah, so rude. What is wrong with this person? Oh my god! But you meet them again in a, in a different, completely different environment, maybe out of a group, right? And. Everything is different, right, you can bond with them, connect on all these different levels, and you're like, huh, okay, I like this person, but you do see the switch, right, Yeah, you you know what I mean, something happens and you can see them interact with someone else in a way that, that really got you the first time around. Right, I I think we've all met people like that, and that's what we get in this story, but again, it's that whole situation of love, right, because you perceive a couple to be, you know, to be working well, right, different, but it all seems to fit together, all seems to fit together, but, right, one day you might meet them and, you know, the vulnerability comes out and you realise that oh, you know I mean what you're seeing is only surface level right, and I, I think this, it really epitomises uh, a lot that we do see right now, right, because you know, everyone wants to project a you know, a certain sense of being You know, that life is great, you know, everything is fancy, they're always out and about, but really, a lot of times, people can get a little lonely, right? A little frustrated. It's not always, you know, peaches and cream, and this was very evident in this story. You know, um, there's also Nocturne, right? Which... I think an interesting thing is so after, you know, the first three we circle back, right? We revisit a couple of characters. So in a nocturne, we revisit Lindy, you know, from uh, Crooners. So, in this one, yeah, we we have now moved on from the situation in Crooners. And she's staying in a hotel, she's had plastic surgery, along with a saxophonist, um, who's also, you know, he's, he, like he was married, everything was cool. You think it's cool, but then you find out that his wife leaves him, wife leaves him, and so to try and rejuvenate his career, he gets plastic surgery. I think what is very interesting about this, right, so everything that we get from the saxophonist is, you know, things just haven't worked out, right, has never been able to get that big break, there's other people that have got the break, but just nowhere near as talented, they're awful, awful players, and he just doesn't understand why, does not understand why which listen that's all good that's all fair right but i think what is very telling in this one is that you know although he has this idea right you then kind of get the feeling that he he feels a little entitled right that He's the only one working hard. He's the only one that really deserves any of this. And when people do offer to help him, he insults them. Insults them. And, you know, when things, you know, move on a little and they apologize to him. He doesn't actually apologise for his actions. So you get the feeling that he kind, he's that person that, you know, will never apologise. Will always expect other people to. And although he brought on a situation, he feels that he's hard done by. You know what I mean? That, that's definitely the essence that you get from that tale. And we end with, um, Cellist, right, and, um, yeah, this one, this one is a very interesting one, right, because we don't really, um, we we don't really know the characters as well, Right, so we're kind of back in Italy. We're back in Italy, and we're kind of back with Jarnik. But he doesn't really feature too much. You know, we're we're kind of following a guy called Tabor, who's a, you know, a a very good um, musician, but very young, very new, a novice. But he meets a young lady called Eloise, who is... Pumping him up all the time Telling him how great he's going to be And the opportunities that Tabor may have taken And may have, you know, been really excited about After having someone tell him how great he is he, He kind of then starts to, you know, believe it Right? It's one of those situations Which makes it very interesting but also, you know, love plays a part in this, but not love as in, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, it might be unrequited, like, there's no real love story, but it it does feel that he's hovering, hovering in place somewhere, you know, and it's like someone that, might care for someone, but is too afraid to make a move, right, too afraid to say what they actually feel, and it's a, you know, it's probably not the strongest, it, uh, for me, it's probably the weakest of all the stories, but I still enjoyed it, you know, and I I, I think one of the big things here is, it's the, you know, just a deft touch that is given to all of these little encounters, you know what I mean, it's like the way that the threads are woven in each of the stories, it's all just, it's compelling, right, on on paper, you might just think to yourself, ah, I don't know, like, why do I want to hear about this or that, but... It's just the way um, Ishiguro, you know, puts it together, connects all the dots, and has this just non-sequential kind of piece that is very much full of life. Right in these short pieces, these characters do come alive. You know, what I mean? like um with Ray. Right, the journey we take with him, it is very interesting, you do get this complete insight into this person who, um, yeah, might be in more, ooh, I don't know what the word would be, right, it's just like his life might not be as... You're going as well as he. He kind of is thinking in his head, you know. And when that realization kind of hits, ah, you do feel a bit sad for him. You know, it, it's just I think the realization at the end of Crooner, right? What's gonna take place? You do feel a little sad, right? Because it's like this love could be lost, right, and for what, you know, that, that's a crazy thing, there's no guarantee, like, this thing could get thrown away for nothing, right, which just seems so frivolous and odd, but also, you do kind of understand the weird logic behind it all, you know, I, I, I do think that, I don't know, I, I think it might be between um, Come Rain or Shine and Malvern Hills that were my favourites here, but yeah, all the stories, all the stories have this charm to them, this this lightness, but they are definitely mired mired in sadness and you know I think just loss right, this loss of spirit, this loss of energy, this kind of conclusion that you know, the love that was hoped for is is just not a thing And, I mean, like, when you say it like that, it definitely just sounds like, God damn, this is depressing. But it's not depressing. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's the incorporation of the music, right? The way the music intertwines with the stories. It does lift things a little. And, uh, you know, it brings a little sunshine into these... Dark moments, so I did enjoy Nocturne. I I, I think anyone that's a fan of uh, Kazuo Isugara will thoroughly enjoy it. You know, and uh, yeah, the 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 audio as mentioned, you know, it's narrated by Adam Cotts, Neil Parsons, Julian Brindt, Tut, Ian Porter, and Trevor White, who all bring a very distinctive, different style to the stories they narrate. So hey, it's very enjoyable. Is you know, it's not long. Right? It's um oh gosh, how long is it? Yeah, is it's it's not a long piece. It's like uh oh gosh, um six and a half hours, right? Unabridged. But six and a half hours. But yeah, no, it works. Definitely works for people. If uh, you like short stories If you're a fan of Ishigawa Nocturnes could definitely Be for you Okay people So we have hit that time again So let's take a look and see what's happening In the world of TV So uh, Over on Um Man, I, I think it's coming to uh, her. Yeah, I think it's going to HBO. But um, you know Jonah Hill, he is um, he's making a new limited series with uh, William Monahan writing the script. It's about uh, Sydney Corshay. Right, and um, MCA's Lev Wasman Right, how they kind of changed the industry back in the day They took, you know, actors and actresses away from studio control And kind of created the first talent agency So, um, yeah, this was in the 40s, people, all right? Everything was going Um, so it is gonna be Produced by Monaghan Hill Matt Dines, Mark Canton Alan Shapiro And Ali Goodwin So, um, man All those stories are always fascinating So, You know, we'll see what happens With that Also on, um, HBO Uh, a new another limited series called Love and Death is coming together, right? So it's an adapt, adapt- uh, an adaptation of Evidence of Love, right? A uh, a true crime novella, right? So uh, it follows a uh, a church going, you know. God-loving Couple of families Living in Texas But one day One of the wives Killed the other wife With an axe you know what I mean? Out of nowhere I don't know if God told her or what But whoo, Some first testament business So um In this new series Right uh, Elizabeth Olson. And Jesse Lemons have signed on, and they're gonna be playing the Gauze Alan, and um, Andy. So, uh, yeah. Now, um, also involved is uh, Leslie Linka-Galata Who's going to be directing uh, and executive producing Along with... Oh who's the executive producer Oh my gosh I have completely just Lost the plot there But um (laughs) You know um Nicole Kidman Um Per Sari Scott Brown Megan Credit Matthew Tinker Michael Click and Helen Verno our executive producer, so, um, yeah, I mean, sounds like a crazy story, so I am down for that, right, now, another um, group that are making um, a a true crime, I guess, no, actually, this wouldn't be crime, this is kind of horror, right, it's uh, Bloom House and the BBC. Kind of get the feel, right? That this is possibly their American horror story, right? So they're creating a um, a, a scripted series called Bloom House Ghost Story, and it's gonna open up. With uh, a, a, a story based on The Battersea Poltergeist Right, which was a very popular um, podcast um, There's also a book called The Life *The Life* Rights Shirley Hitchkins Which they've acquired the whites to Also, the Portuguese Prince of London Right, so they've got all of this material That, yeah, they're looking to turn into This new TV show Right, and and it kind of deals with um, A a lady called Shirley Hitchkins Right, who was Around in 1956 Right, and it's investigating This really long I think it's the longest ever documented Like, poltergeist Experience Which is like, Kinda crazy So yeah, they're, they're gonna put this together And I imagine If it's successful You know what I mean? It's gonna become a thing, right? So Danny Robbins Michael Sitzman Jason Bloom, Jeremy Gold And Chris McCumbler will be executive producing the show. Now um you know all the TV stations are doing their renewals and all of that at the moment so the CW right they have um yeah they just Handed out a few. So uh, Naomi did the Ava Devano um, adaptation of Brian Bendis's DC comic series. That's going straight to series, along with um, All American Homecoming. Uh, they're remaking the 4400 and the the uh, resurrection of Leagues of the hidden temple interestingly enough though right the the reimagining kind of sequel of the powerpuff girls that's not coming yet right they they decided to drop the idea Now everyone involved is still attached But they're going to work on a new pilot Which is interesting Because I kind of thought the idea wasn't bad You know But uh, we'll see what they might cook up Right so uh, Over on FX They're working on a new adaptation Of James uh, Clavel's Shogun book Right, about um, You know Feudal Japan Right, great story So this time around uh, Hiroku Sandana And uh, Cosmo Jarvis have signed On for two of the lead roles Right, the only other One that needs to be filled Is um, The female assassin, assassin, um, I don't know, I don't know if you'd call her assassin, but Lady Morocco, right, so, um, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting story, right, about John Blackthorne, a risk-taking English sailor who ends up shipwrecked in a land whose unfamiliar culture will ultimately redefine him. Right, Lord Yushi Taranga, a brilliant strategist and powerful daimyo, who is uh, nevertheless isolated and outnumbered by his enemies in the Osaka Castle. Dum, dum, dum. So yeah, but that's coming together, which um, should be fun. Um. So also another classic that's coming to TV is um yeah the 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 Russ Myers you know, film Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Yeah. Yo, it was a 1965 uh, film and um, yeah, it's getting adapted for TV. So it's got full backing of the Meyer Estate. So, uh, yeah, we will see what happens with this. Norman um, Reedus, his production company, is um, attached along with AMC. So, yeah, we'll see what they do with that one uh, Also, um, Elizabeth Banks has a new project She's, um, yeah, picked up Victoria Aveyard's book The Red Queen And, uh, yeah, it's going to be turned into Looks like a bit of a vehicle for herself over on the Peacock Because, you know, she's going to be directing She's going to be playing a, um, a major part, and she's also executive producing the piece. Right, so basically, the book is an alternative near future America where democracy is replaced. By a monarchy led by a group of humans with superpowers who rule with an iron fist over those without. Uh, and then a fiery young woman is born to poverty called Mare she hasn't got powers and is doing the best she can to survive and protect her family when she discovers the unthinkable she somehow has powers too this shocking discovery turns The world upside down And catapults the unlikely Hero to become the face Of a revolution of the Oppressed while searching For the truth behind the greatest Mystery of all How she became so powerful In the first place So um Beth Schwartz Is uh, writing the piece Along with um, Al Averwad Right So um, yeah They're doing that And um, Schwartz is also gonna be Executive producing And show running So um, yeah, it sounds Interesting Right Now Um there's some more news on some uh, Game of Thrones prequels. Right? So, um, a man that Seagull has been hired to write the 10,000 Ships spinoff. Um, and uh, they're also you know, uh, got some work going on Nine Voyages, which is getting pinned by Bruno Heller, so, uh, yeah, and there is talk of another um, potential spin-off called Flea Bottom, so, uh, you know, we will see what happens With these Because the only one that really seems to be Having any steam at the moment Is House of the Dragon But yeah, we will see What goes down And another Franchise that Has got a little bit of steam Behind it right now Is um, Sandman over at Netflix Right, so uh, Yeah, a load of New cast have joined the project, and it does answer the question why Kirby How Baptiste left season three of uh, Jack Ryan over at Amazon because she has just scored the role of Dream Death's sister. So, uh, which is pretty interesting. Now, Death. Himself is going to be played by Tom Sturridge Right? We've also got um, Gwendolyn Christie Who is going to be Lucifer Boyd Holbrook is the Corinthian Charles Dance will be uh, Roderick Burgess Sanji Bashkar is Kane Azam Chadri is able Vivian Achapong is a Lucian Right, um, we've also got Patton Oswalt as uh, Matthew DeRaven Right, Death's little uh, buddy uh, Jenna Coleman will be playing Joanna Constantine uh, we've got Mason Alexander Park as um, desire and Donna Preston as despair their twins NIM Walsh will be um Playing Ethel Crip and Jolie Rob Richardson is also playing Ethel Crip, but just in different stages of life. And uh, we've also got David Fallis playing um John D. Right, uh. Kyo Ra is Ross Walker, not Rose Walker, even, mm. right? Who is a, a key part of the first book, really. Um, Gilbert is played by Stephen Fry. And. Um, Unity Kincaid is being played by Sandra James Young. So, um, yeah, this is definitely really coming together, which are pretty fun. Looking forward to it, man. But people, that is it. We are done. And we will see you again next Wednesday. So enjoy yourselves. Have fun. And uh, yeah. Peace.